The Nets are right to lay out these six steps for him to take because, yes, it's excessive. Uh, absolutely. Yes, it feels like go get it, N-word boy. Go get it. Like, it feels like that. I'm not going to pull race into it. You know why? Because Kyrie's brought the Nets to this point. He put himself here. And look, you're going to have people coming at me in the comments when you post these clips. Yo, honestly, if I, if I, I, would, say, I, would, I would say what I really want to say, but we can't curse in this podcast. So I'm, I'm going to be respectful. But get the yeah, you, you guys don't know me. Right? That's the thing. Y'all don't know me. A lot of y'all really don't know me. Y'all don't know what I stand on. Like, at the end of the day, Kyrie's a clown. Kyrie's a clown who deserves everything that's happening to him right now. Yeah. 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 What you know about Benchmark? They're speaking the facts that you want to hear. They're the jersey, the vision is clear. Diamonds glisten like a chandelier. You know what I'm here for, like Michelle Lynch. It clutch time, we do not flinch. Real brothers, we do not switch. Hit home runs with the right pitch. Who run the city? What to do when they hating on you? I feel like Kobe 2010. Taking an L, all I need is a win. This is business, you know how they go. They playing the seats, now it's time to grow. Tune in now, gotta be in the know. Showtime, bitch, my butter blow. We know. Yeah, welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of the Bitch Mob ENT Podcast. We back. This is episode 217. For those that's been rocking, for those that, you know, just getting on board, we at 217. It's a lot of episodes. That's a lot of great content we've been giving y'all. 217. We got another jam-packed one today. We're going to be talking about everything. From the AFC East, let's talk about with the Jets. Who's the coach of the year, Dable or Salah? We're going to be talking about the Week 10 matchups. Of course, of course, we got to keep talking about this Kyrie situation. We're going to talk about a bunch of different things, but I'm going to start with the intros. CJ, Cincinnati's very own. How are you doing tonight? Doing good, man. Got the day off tomorrow, Selection Day. Make sure y'all go vote. But uh, I'm doing good. Bengals came off a big win yesterday, so it was a happy you, Sunday. We gave you a day off for election day, huh? They gave you a day off for election day at your company. Yes, they did. Yeah, why? Why are you? So I'm, 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 about, I'm about to go do my. Already. I told you already, bro. If they got a spot, let's go with it, man. I told you, are you playing games, man? <laughs> yeah, I'm about to go do my civic duty. Uh, go get my vote in. I'm about to be laid up on the couch. I might start a new Netflix series, you feel me? <laughs> might go vote for Trump. <laughs> Yo. Yeah, you need to chill, because that's, that's crazy. That's wild. Greg, Mr. Hot Hot Takes, the bait your mother sends me in. How are you doing tonight? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm ready, I'm ready to get into it. Miles, smooth operator, Davenport. How you doing? I'm doing real good. Been a, it's been a good couple days, <clears throat> if you know what I mean, Greg. I don't know what you mean. You could be talking about anything. You let the mokers this weekend or something? <laughs> hey, you already know I'm your host, Mr. Still Not Worried in the building. We have to start off with the AFC East. We got the Bills at 6-2, and two, the Jets are 6-3, and three, the Dolphins are 6-3, and three, and the Patriots are 5-4. and four. This division is the only division that has all teams with a winning record. 
Who wins this division? I mean, I think it all depends on what the <laughs> diagnosis of Josh Allen's elbow is, if we're being real. I mean, it didn't look good when I was watching the replay on that, that strip sack at the end of the game yesterday. But, I mean, he's the heart of that team. I don't know. I don't even know who their backup is. I mean, at this point, it shouldn't even matter who their backup is. Your season lives and dies with Josh Allen. So if he's not there and they have to go the rest of the half of the season without him, I'm picking the Jets to win the division. I'm not being biased. That's not – you can suck your teeth. You can do all that, make noises. Oh, my. Same people were saying, all right, when I said 11 wins at the beginning of the year, uh, uh, they're rattling off L, L. You sound like Brady Quinn out here. You're the black Brady Quinn on this show. So I don't, I don't want to hear your takes on the Jets anymore. You're, it's done. It's done. Yeah, you can force me. You can force me to speak on the Jets. I'm about to speak on the Jets in a minute. We talk That's about this culture year race, but on. but hey, far, by the way, the backup for the Bills is Case Keenum. Oh, they, they would be. Uh, be I. I guess so. They're not. They're not winning anything. The Dolphins winning the division, bro. The Dolphins are the best team in the division. They've got the MVP on that. You you have two MVP candidates on the same team. You have Tua and you have Tyreek Hill. Both of them can be can be MVP of the league this year. You have two MVP candidates on that team with a great defense. You got Bradley Chubb. No, nah, man, it's up. Dolphins all the way. Fins up. That, the fins great up. Defense? They just gave up thirty two points to the Bears. They just get settling in. Let them settle in. Relax. Settling in. Come on now. You got you got the the Jets have the best defense in that division. I'll give them that. The, the Jets may have the best defense in the AFC. So that huh? Potentially, sure. I I can go with that. Potentially, sure. Whatever. That's fine. You guys might have the best defense in the NFL. I'm I'm gonna give you all that. The reality is, when you look at, I trust. Who do I trust more between the quarterback play of the Dolphins and the Jets? I trust Tua. I'm I'm just I'm I'm gonna be honest. Tua with those two with with the best wide receiving duo in the NFL with the Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Not up, bro. They they're gonna win the whole division. And, And they're a Super Bowl team. They're a Super Bowl caliber team this year with what they've got going on. It's crazy. Tua went from nearly dying on a football field to now all of a sudden thriving and playing real good, great football. So here we are. I think they're going to win the division. And again, you have a, you have a real MVP case for, I mean, Ty- Tyreek Hill might get 2000 yards this season. It's, un- it's unbelievable. All right. We're talking about two guys that win MVP and Tua and Tyreek Hill. So now I'm rocking with them over. And I'm too, look, you're going to try to talk me into the jets. I'm supposed to trust Zach Wilson. I'm supposed to trust him. Really? He, he, he threw for like hundred yards on Sunday. I'm most trusted. Didn't he just beat your king? Your king, Josh Allen? That's that's my king. That's your king. You've been saying he's the best quarterback in the league, right? Is this your king? <laughs> Actually, before the season, there's tape of me saying Justin Herbert's the best quarterback in the NFL, which didn't age well. But regardless, is it goes to show you that Josh Allen was not it was not my guy as great as good as he is. He had a bad game. You guys are a good defense. I'll give him that. I'll give you that. That's fine. The sauce is over here holding people, holding on people and all that stuff with your life, frat straddling people and Acting like he's riding a horse, riding or riding Gabe Davis. Oh, it's, a good, it. it's a good defense. That's it. It's just good. It's elite. It's elite. Defense? defense is very all good. All three levels. It's elite. It's you're right. Your defense is elite. You're right. You're right. This this will put this will all work in my favor in a moment. You'll see. But go ahead. This all your defense is elite. I'll give you that. It's facts. You are absolutely right. I actually totally agree. How many of these teams do you think make the playoffs? <clears throat> three. I'd say three. I say three. Yeah, I think Jets and Dolphins. Yeah, Jets, Dolphins, and uh, Bills. Yeah, 
uh, the the Patriots, the, the Patriots, the Patriots obviously aren't. So we ain't, we ain't gonna have that discussion. Yeah, as of right now, playoff starter today, Buffalo will be a number one seed. Jets will be the fifth seed, and then we will have Miami at the sixth seed. And depending on the matchups, though, Miami would possibly see Kansas City in the first round, which they can beat them. They can beat them. They can definitely beat the Chiefs. I, I, I would have no problem. I would have a problem picking the Dolphins over the Chiefs in a playoff game. It's a one-game situation. As you can see, the Jets beat any, – anyone can win, win on a Sunday. Jets beat the Bills, right? Anyone can win on any given Sunday. It, takes, it just takes one bad hit. Let's give the Jets D some credit now. Right. He's <laughs> I, I ain't saying – I'm not – I'm not saying that it's like it's a it's a Fugazi win. I'm just saying like Sauce Gardner very well already in his rookie year might be the best cornerback in the NFL. Be- better than Jalen Ramsey. We, I'm saying it. He's just a guy who talks a lot with nice veneers. I don't whatever, man. Like yeah, so yeah, that's fine. And Sauce might be the best corner in football. You might you might be right. I can't think of a. I'm think I'm trying to think of better corners. On the league, and I'm, I'm having a hard time having a better yeah, year. I mean, th- this year his play has been amazing. Not even just him, like DJ Reed. We got the best corner duo in the league right now. So, yeah, you mm-hmm. can talk all you want, but let's talk about your quarterback. I've been rocking with my team since day one. I've been here since the, the beginning of the year. I haven't, I picked my team to win every week, just about. Yeah, just about. I think. I think <laughs> They've won maybe 75% of the time. So I think I did deserve my credit. Looking at the rest of the schedule, breaking it down. Y'all six and three right now at Pats. That's oh, a dub. We owe them something. <laughs> I need to, <laughs> we need to run that up. Well, Zach Wilson gifted them a W. Yeah, he, he did. He delivered it. <laughs> That's not going to happen this time again. We'll have to see. Depends on what moms are in the area before the game. <laughs> Chicago Bears the following week at home. That's not a, that's not a cakewalk. Justin Fields playing like the reincarnation reincarnation of of, of Michael Vick. So yeah, not a cakewalk. But again, this defense is pretty good. So again, I'll take my team. I'll take my chances. That following week at Kirk Cousins. I'm going Kirk. I'm been saying it all year. I'm going Kirk. Iced out Kirk. You got the chains on. He said, ha, ha, I'm going Kirk, man. Come on. Yo, y'all see Adam Schefter today uh, before the game, take his shirt off and had all the chains on? It's, it's the Kirk wave, baby. We're going Kirk. He's not celebrating him. He's making fun of him. Of course he is. Of course he is. But who's Adam Schefter to make fun of another white man? I'll take Adam Schefter over Kirk Cousins any day. Hey, and by the way, just keeping it, keeping it stacked. Also, we're not, we, and we ain't doing this thing where we're judging Kirk Cousins off regular season games. Yes, Chris, you were right about them being better than the Packers. Give you, I'll give you your flowers. But what I'm not going to do, I know Kirk, I know Kirk in my soul. He and says, when, I know the, that man. And in the big moment, when it matters the most, he is going to fold. When it matters the most, he is going to fold. In a big listen, game, my team listen. Was the, the NFC Championship, they ain't getting there because they have Kirk Cousins. Listen, they ain't going to be doing all that, that with, with the, with the team. Hey, with me. I ain't picked them to win the damn Super Bowl. What did I say? I said they are going to win their division. That is all I said. That is all I said. Yeah, we'll see. They'll win the division. He said, I know that man. I know that guy. I know that guy. I don't, <laughs> I don't like that. You got them winning at Minnesota or losing? 
Who? Ma. Who who winning in Minnesota? The Jets. He got them winning, man. Oh my God. That following they, week. They probably will win that game, though. The Jets could win that game. The defense is that good. They could win that game. The following they have a matchup with the Bills at their place. Depends on if Josh is playing or not. Yeah, it depends on yeah. Josh Allen. But I, I, if he's healthy, I'd say the Bills. You'll get his get back. You finish off with the Lions, Jags. Those are dubs. Dubs, Lions, Jags, and then you got at Seattle and at Miami. Those are two interesting. I like that. Going into the playoffs, I like that. So we got guys. You over there all saucy and whatnot. Based off of that, right, if they beat Seattle and Miami to end off the year, you have them at 13 and 4. That's mighty impressive. But that ain't gonna happen. He's on drugs. That's not what are we talking yeah. about. You're on you're on drugs. So, come on. But I will say, I will say when Greg give Miles his flowers, he's been right so far about this team from what he said beginning of the year. They've they've surprised us. They shocked a lot of people. <laughs> Why is this so surprising? They have a great defense. Why is this so surprising? Because because we weren't expecting the defense to be this good. Don't act like you were expecting the defense to be this good. Nah, they've invested a lot of money into that team. They've invested a lot of money. Free okay, but you weren't expecting them to click and gel like this and no, get off not, to this I'm, fast I'm, start. I'm not gonna hold you. I'm not entirely surprised that they're decent. I'm not surprised by that. I'm not surprised they're a good team. I'm not surprised by that. No, I'm not. I'm not surprised by that. I'm su- I would be surprised if the quarterback was ripping things, tr- shredding teams apart, which is not happening. But defensively, them being good is not a shock. It's not. It's not. They've invested so a lot of money in that team. Right, but their defense has allowed them to stay in these games. I And the defense is the thing that's least surprising to me. Yes. That, when you spend a top, a top four pick on a cornerback, I expect him to be damn good, and he is. That and maybe not the best in the league per se, but he's been really, 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 really good. And I'm not shocked by that. I'm sorry, I'm not. I'm not. What's the Jets ceiling? Since we have him as a playoff team, what's the Jets ceiling? First round exit, make it to the second round. What are we looking at for the Jets? I mean, whatever it is, is more than anything anybody thought we'd be at this point. So. I'm just it's playing with house money at this point. So if they make the Super Bowl, cool. If they get past that wild card round, cool. But it's just fun to watch this team play because, I mean, they're gelling on defense. Especially, you know, when we played the Bengals that first game, I don't think they had any idea what the ceiling of this team was going to be. You can roll your eyes, but this is not the same defense you guys played. Can you Same agree? players. Same players. We brought in new players, just like you said. You're giving this long-winded answer when the answer to the question is your ceiling is Zach Wilson's ceiling. Zach Wilson ceiling. As far as Zach, you guys are only going to go as far as Zach Wilson takes you. Just that's just the reality. And that's he ain't taking you to no damn Super Bowl. I'll tell you that. But that's really what it comes down to. How much better can he get between now and the playoffs? And then that'll be your answer to that question. And, and you know, I think he just beat Josh Josh Wilson. Josh. Josh no, Josh Allen. He ain't just he didn't beat Josh Allen. We both know that. We we both know how that game went. That was not the story of the game. Yeah, if you look he, back at it, he had some good throws down in the, the last quarter. So that's what you need. You as need as good as plays. 
as good as this defense is, though, Miles, at some point they're going to have a bad game just like every other defense does in the league. It's not going to be sustainable every single game to rely on the defense. Zach Wilson's going to have to show up at some point. Can he Can he get you there? Can he get you over that home? I think if they simplify it and coming off this – Because last week you were you – co- last week, what did you say? You was ready to move on from him. Yeah, because I was frustrated. I'm like, we're winning games, but we could honestly be – a lot better than we are if he plays the way he did did this week because I mean he's in his second year we shouldn't be asking him to be Patrick Mahomes at this point he's coming from BYU so it's a lot to put on one guy when I think he's still learning the position like he's still learning what he can get away with and what he can't get away with at the NFL level so I mean I think the New England game was good for him as bad as he was, it was good for him because he could see, I don't need to be making throws like that. When it's not there, check it down. Get the get yards. You you sustain drives. They had like two or three drives of like six, seven minutes on on Sunday because he's he's taking what the defense is giving him. He's not throwing like 40-yard third and two bombs. Like just get the first down. That's bad play calling too. I always thought that was a bad play calling mishap, honestly. I was really dumbfounded by the types of route concepts they're, they're drawing up for him on third and twos where he's throwing the ball 40 yards down the field on the, on the, along the boundary, like 50-50 balls. I'm like, what's going on here? And also, I don't, I don't get this. I'm, I'm, I am dumbfounded by this, but Elijah Moore does not. Is, yeah, Elijah Moore is not a part of that offense at all, at all. It, it is – Garrett Olsen's really, really good. That's a fact. I'm, I'm not here to dispute that. The running game is really, really good. But Elijah Moore's lack of involvement in that offense is just straight up weird to me because you weren't willing to trade him. So I, I don't get that part. Like, he, he's not a factor. He doesn't matter out there. I, am I wrong? Like, you were there in person. That boy, I don't even think he looked at him. Seriously. crazy. Like, the people I'm sitting next to, every time I see him run a route, I'm like, this makes no sense. Like, he's just out here running routes. Like, he's, cardio. he's practicing. Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, and – you know, credit was he winning his matchups? He's a good receiver. I mean, man. I think it comes down to what the the hot route is on that specific play. Like, if he's the main guy, which it looked like Garrett Wilson is, you know, the guy, which he should be. I mean, top ten pick, but it just felt like he's the only guy Zach is throwing to on Sunday. Like yep. third and two, third and five, it's going to Garrett Wilson. Didn't even look at anybody else. Elijah Moore, I'm like, you can't get him to run a slant or something or run an out. Like, they even had, you know, Jeff Wils- uh, Jeff Smith, who's like a, a special teams guy, running out route, and he got a catch. And I'm like, okay, he can't – he didn't even get a target. So it, That's crazy. It's, it's, I'm like, I'm shocked that this guy's fallen so far because – I was so high on him coming into the year. Like last year, he had some games, like against Miami. I think he had a 100-yard game. Against the Colts, he was doing numbers. And he's been non-existent. I thought it'd be, you know, him and Elijah, this one-two punch, kind of, you know, phase out Corey Davis. But I didn't think, like, Corey Davis would be, like, the safety blanket. That's what Elijah Moore's supposed to be. 
think it's purposeful at this point. I think it's purposeful. The lack of targets for him is, is a purposeful thing on the Jets' part. Like, they're they not – I don't talking. think it's on Zach, though. I don't think it's Zach. No, I think it's a coordinator thing. Yeah, the coordinator. The, there's a disconnect there. I don't, I don't understand it. I think they're punishing him. That's what I think. I mean, when you have Denzel Mims, who is inactive for, like, six weeks, running more routes than Elijah Moore, their second-round pick that – I thought was the number one coming into the year, then something's up. So right. they got the bye week to figure this out, but he's got to be more involved. If they're going to reach their ceiling this year, you can't have a weapon like that and not use him. It's weird, man. Weird, weird stuff. And we're speaking of weapons, a weapon that is going to be cleared this week to play is Odell Beckham Jr. He's back. He's healthy. We haven't seen him on the field yet, but we all know, give him probably two, three games, Odell still is a top five weapon in the league. We've heard everything from Dallas to the Giants to the Chiefs. Where do y'all think he is actually going to end up going? And what do you think is the actual best fit, though, for Odell? Giants is the best fit, I'd say, because... He has a clear path to a lot of targets. And, I mean, listening to the snippets of the interview that he was doing, it sounds like he wants to find a home. And, I mean, I think he doesn't hold any bad blood with the Giants. He'd welcome a a reunion. And he'd automatically walk in and be the best receiver on the team. It's not like there's any debate, like, I don't think they're relying on Kenny Galladay much to to come back and do what he was doing with Matthew Stafford. So I think Odell, he's looking for maybe a one, two-year deal. And I could see the Giants giving him something like that. Because one, I mean, they didn't make a move for Jerry Judy at the trade deadline, which, I mean, I'm not shocked. I'm sure the the asking price was high. He was a first-round pick. They probably wanted a second round pick back. And I mean, at some point he's got to get paid. So I'd rather take a chance on Odell, who he's proven in this league when he's healthy, that he's a number one. Like last year with the, the, the Rams, he looked really good. So if he's healthy and they said he's going to be cleared this, this week, fully healthy. Um, yeah, that would set the Giants up pretty nicely. You know, I agree with that. And when I heard him say, I'm looking for a home in the interview, I, real, I, I ruled out some teams in my head. Because ain't nobody want to live in Wisconsin. Yeah. So the Packers, they're out. Um, I, I think the who else was in the race? I think it was the Cowboys are obviously making a little push for him. Um, and then also I think it was what the uh, – Rams. Rams. Rams obviously back. I, I think he had, he had named teams in that – I think Buffalo. He named Buffalo as a potential location. Well, now with the injury to Josh Allen, do you go? Right. You know, it just gets interesting there. Obviously, he has a friendship with Von Miller, but I'm willing to bet that he's closer friends. And he was actually with uh, Sterling Shepard and Saquon this, this past weekend. They were together. They, those guys are like best friends. Right. I'm sure he'd love to play with them again. So I, I think the Giants have a really nice uh, or are really have a really nice inside track to getting Odell Beckham. And I think it'd be perfect because he does walk in and instantly get on an offense where. They have a really, really smart coordinator who's gonna get up in the football. It ain't like the last time he was here, and and, and it wasn't the last. It wasn't like the last time he was here. There was a problem getting in the football, but it's it was a different regime. It was a different regime. This is a different organization. Joe Shane and these guys are have this thing running like a well-oiled machine. 
I think he realizes that from the outside looking in. I think he wants to get in on that. And being able to talk to Saquon and Sterling Shepard about what's going on in the building and how things are different than it was when he was there originally, that's, that gives the Giants an, an advantage. And he knows the area. He knows New Jersey. He's been very public about loving the city and wanting to bring winning back to New York and wanting to be in, in this city with the Giants when, when, it's, when it's up, when the Giants are up. And he has an opportunity to do that. So I think the Giants have the inside track, which is crazy to say. I didn't think it was going to be that way at first. I thought the Giants would be terrible, to be honest, when the season started. And we wouldn't be in this position, but we're six and two. And I think he'll be in a competitive situation with the quarterback and get him the football and a coordinator who can dial things up for him. So hopefully he comes here. And if he does, oh my, it's going to be hysteria in New York. It's going to be crazy if he comes back. Um, I'm rooting for it. I, I agree with you. I think, I think obviously him playing there, there's obviously a familiarity and he's had his best seasons in New York, right? Three straight thousand yard seasons. But I think too, I, I hate to say it, I don't think Odell Beckham is going to be the same Odell Beckham Jr. that we once saw. He's coming off of two major ACL injuries in back-to-back seasons, right? I think, yes, he'll be the number one if he comes to New York. He'll he'll still be that, that guy who's getting a ton of targets. But, like, yo, we might see DBs really strap him up. And, and then what? But it does free up guys maybe like Slayton if they're double covering o- Odell and things like that. Um the run game for Saquon gets easier too. The box is lighter. Like of if, course, if, but I, I think mean, I think the best situation for Odell would maybe to really consider Dallas. In Dallas, you have Michael Gallup, you have C.D. Lamb, you have a great running back duo in Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. You got a reliable quarterback that you know can get you the ball, and with C.D. Lamb, you know you're going to get your targets because you know they're not going to be able to guard you, Michael Gallup, and C.D. Lamb. So it's going to be a similar situation like he came into last year with the Rams where. You know, you have other weapons there to free you up and get you some touches and you play your role in that sense. So if they can give him the right deal, um, if he wants to find a home, let's say they give him a two year deal, then try it out. But at the also, too, what you got to think about, too, you got a great defense in, in Dallas's defense. You got some a young pass rusher there that causes havoc every game. They got some decent linebackers. And then that secondary, we know what that is with Trayvon Diggs, too. So. Um, if I'm Odell, I'm seriously considering Dallas too, just because they're in a similar position where they're going into the playoffs and, and they could definitely make a run as well as the Giants can. Um, but at this point, everything won't be on you. And I'm not sure what he wants. Does he still want that? Does he want to be that guy where everything's on him and, and is in his hands? And if he doesn't, you know, we won't, we won't ever know that. He's not going to say, yeah, my, he only, he knows if his, his knees, you know, a hundred percent and, He's going to be what what he once was, but I don't know. He's he's 29 years old and he's had some significant injuries, so I'm not sure what to expect from him. I, I still think he's going to be really good, but that's a lot to ask for for him to come to the Giants and, and be that number one guy. If if you think he's going to have the same level of production that he did in his first three seasons uh, when he had those back to back thousand yard seasons, I, don't think- I think I think you make a good point with that too in regards of he don't have to be the sole guy because then you go there in Dallas like you said with LA it's going to be some other options that people have to focus on I think what you do if you're Odell you go to a team like Dallas for example obviously you want to be back in New York you go to a team like Dallas or you go to a team like Buffalo you find out what's going on with Josh Allen you go to those teams where you don't have to be the focal point you play you ball out you do a one year and then you can go back to New York and like all right I'm in a position to be the focal point right now. I've, you know, my knee is good. 
played it out, played the rest of the season, no injury, I'm straight, boom, then go be the focal point in New York. I think if I'm Odell, I go that route. So I don't have to, you go to New York, you're definitely number one, but you're getting 10 to 15 targets and you don't have that much help receiving core compared to Buffalo, compared to Dallas. And you, you, go ahead. The Odell I know from his time in New York and his time in LA wants the, wants the ball. He's he not running from that. That's all. That, that is fair. And I'm and sure I, every receiver wants the ball. That's what I'm saying. And there's no place you're gonna go. We're gonna get the football more than in New York. I'm just, I'm just keeping a stack. Like you have other options. I'm. There is no place where you're gonna go where you are more of a necessity to that team than the New York Giants. And your best friends are all there. That's all I'm gonna say. The the, the sales pitch is real strong for the Giants. The Giants has got to come correct. Come correct with a good offer. Um, and I think it's done, but I understand what you guys are saying, and it does make sense. It, it makes perfect sense. It's logical. It's very logical, especially Antonio's thing. Although I think he, you know that's a Cowboys fan of him talking, trying to make the pitch for a year. Throw that a come on for one year, right? Come here, I'm gonna get this ring. I'll jump back on the board when you when you come on. But no, I mean, look, it does make sense. I'm all all jokes aside. I just I just think that the, it's real enticing to come back to New York. And just I agree. I I personally love to see Odell back. I'd love to see Odell back with the Giants living in Edgewater. I'd love to see it. <laughs> what what happens what happens when when Odell comes back, right? Let's say he does come back to the New York Giants and he is that guy and they cuz you know New York's in a position to 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 win now. You know, they have they started off hot and, and they got a good record. You throw Odell into the system and he's not producing like they thought he would. That media going to come quick. I mean, yeah, but he know what, what he's he's not used to that by now. Like his time time here was tomorrow. His first couple years here when he was playing like a a monster and was the best receiver I've ever seen in my life. Right. When he was first here was tumultuous with the media. So I think he he knows how to manage that minefield a lot better. He's much more mature now at being 30 um, as well. And it'll take time to work him back. I think the Giants have a plan for him. If he comes back, you won't see him in in every package. You won't see him a ton early on. They'll they'll work his way back into things with the medical staff. But I don't really worry about that. I I, I really trust. I am I am I am at peace with this with this uh, the front office. I am more at peace with the front office of the Giants than I ever have been in my entire life. And I really think that if they bring him back to a plan and it eventually it'll work out, he may not be the same guy, but he doesn't really have to be. I'm sorry. You, again, I, I, I'm gonna say this again. He's throwing a Drewski right now. They don't don't throw a Drewski. So if they if uh, Odell on one leg is better than than David Sills, he's better than Marcus Johnson. Okay, um, he's better he's better than Isaiah Hodgkins, who they just got from the Bills. Like as, as, as a you know guy, they just kind of threw into the mix. They need a receiver. He fits the bill. And I don't want to wait till this offseason. You're six and two. Let's let's try to win some games. Let's try to make this thing interesting. You know. Let's get him before. Let's get him before Thanksgiving, so you can have him go out there against the Cowboys on on that day. Well, I'm slut. Well, I'm eating my mom's cooking my mom's food. He ain't you know? playing on Thanksgiving. You never know. You never know. But at least be a giant. At least be a giant, so the city can go up. Looking ahead to Week Ten, the Week Ten picks: Seattle at Tampa Bay. This one is in Germany. Obviously, Tom Brady is undefeated now that the divorce has happened. He is living good. How do y'all see this one panning out? Geno Smith against Tom Brady in Germany. I'm going Seattle. I'm going Seattle. Look, Brady. Brady still don't look right. He he played he played good the other day for for a, l- a little bit. That that game winning drive was was alright, but I don't I don't trust the wide receivers. Like what what they got going on right now, the chemistry ain't there. And I don't know what's what's going on, but all their points that they're putting up, what they score 15 points, 15 to nine and won that game. 
it's just not the same Tampa Bay team that we we once knew. And, and Geno Smith, he he's playing all right to me. Yeah, he he threw an interception the other day, but like the connection that he has with with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf is real. I'm going Seattle. Uh, I don't even think it's much of a debate. Seattle's a better team. They got the better quarterback. Um, better, just better team altogether, right? And I know the, the Tampa Bay celebrating, putting up like 19 or 16 points, whatever it was. They were in the teens, just barely squeaking by the Rams, a terrible Rams team. They barely beat them on a last-second drive. It's right. nothing to celebrate. They're not good. They're not good. They're not a good team. They're struggling. 16, all 13, by the way. Right. 16, like, 13. 16 points against a team that has been horrible all year. The Rams have been terrible. They have no line play. They don't run the ball well. Nah, man. Seattle, and I'm taking 12 all the way. And Geno Smith, again, has been the best quarterback in the NFC, um, in my opinion. has been by a pretty wide margin, the way he's been playing. So I'm taking him. I'm taking him. The, the, the throws he, he makes, no one in the league makes more perfect throws on a, day, on a daily basis than Geno Smith to me. Um, Roll me off, I ain't right back. Six and three, better than the last guy. Yeah, he might struggle this week because he said that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. might struggle because he said that. Stay humble, Gino. <laughs> right, right. Stay humble. Next game, Kirk Cousins. Can you do something for me? Vikings at Bills. Seven and one Vikings, six and two Bills. Josh Allen's health is up in the air. How do y'all see this one going? If Josh Allen is playing, this is obviously the biggest test for the Vikings outside of the one loss that they have to the Eagles. I feel like they might sit Josh Allen and let him get right. Go ahead, Miles. No, no, I was just going to say that I, I'm taking the Bills. I think – I feel like he'll play through it. I don't, I don't think – You think? Yeah, I think he'll play through it. You don't You don't think they sacrifice one game to let, to let him get right? Well, I think it's one of those things that he can play through. But – I mean, it's just you got to manage it. You got to manage it with treatment. You probably don't really throw too much in practice. So, I mean, this is this is what you see in baseball players. So, yeah. you can play through a UCL. Yeah. It's, as long as it's not torn, you can play through it. So, you just got to manage it, not give him too many reps to win the ball practice. He'll be all right. He'll play. And, you know, he got them legs. Again, that's that's Jaheim Allen. So, you watch. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna open up a black. A black playbook <laughs> for Josh. This week going to be a real black playbook. He's he going to have the Justin Fields playbook. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. We're going to see a lot of that. They, so, they might get Naheem Hines running too. Might get him yeah, going. They'll get him involved. They're going to win. I think this is a game they'll win. Again, I don't trust Kirk against a really good defense like that. But I'm going to be on that. If I, I know they got a good uh, guy, Darisol, over there. They're good, the tackle can good. But it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to, to play against a team that's been that well-oiled defensively. Um, so I, I'll take I'll take I'll take my chances with the, with with picking the Bills in that game too. Yo, all right. So Kirk Cousins throws three touchdown passes and, and wins the game. You putting some respect on his name? No. <laughs> Yo, he crazy. Greg don't care about playoffs. I don't care. I, I care about games that make him sweat. You know, he ain't gonna sweat over going to. Are they going to Buffalo? Yeah, it's at Buffalo. It's in Buffalo. Mm. I'm saying it's the if Josh Allen plays, that's their biggest test this season. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be calling him the N word and all that. It's crazy. It ain't gonna work out. Oh my gosh, it ain't gonna work out, man. Always got to make him a villain. Just her loss. Her loss. Her loss. Charges at San Fran. Five and three. Charges four and four. San Fran. McCaffrey looking real good with San Fran. Debo Ayuk, pretty explosive offense, even with subpar Jimmy G. How y'all see this one going? 
I think San Fran's found their rhythm. So I'm going to take San Fran. Uh, Well-coached team, run game is revitalized. The playbook is even revitalized with just the, with the way that um, they're able to call plays and the freedom they have using Caffrey um, too. And Ayuk's been getting the ball. Ayuk's been cooking the last few weeks too. I'll take the Niners, man. I think I think that winning pedigree, that winning culture, and this is the kind of team that can get on a run and really make noise, noise from here to the playoffs. And, and you know, they'll, they can find themselves in that NFC championship. You'll blink and they'll be there. They're, they're just that good of a, an organization. So I'm, I'm, I'll rock with them. And they'll get healthier with time, too. I don't know if Debo's back, but he'll get back eventually. I think he'll be back. Yeah. And that's that's problems. That's that's 19 problems, actually. Well, Jets is off this week. Bengals are off this week. I guess just for respect purposes, being that there's a Giants fan on the, on the show. Is it safe to say Texans, Giants, we got the Giants winning? I just... I don't want to, you know, get a text afterwards like we ain't talking about the Giants. Give me the Texans, man. I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't. First, yeah, you're an idiot. I wouldn't even take. <laughs> I, I wouldn't even. I I wouldn't even text you after the fact if you didn't talk about the Giants. Because give know, me a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. I mean, I, I I'll take the Giants. I think it'll be a hard fought win. I think it'll be a close game because I think the Texans have a little more talent than the than, than, people, than people give them credit for, right? Um, but I, I think the Giants ultimately will win that football game. And I think them coming off a bye, I think with the coaching they had this year, great coaches are able to really scheme things up off the bye. Andy Reid off a bye is a, is, is a terror for teams to go up against. I think Brian Dayball is going to find that rhythm too coming off a bye. His first bye as a coach, you have a lot of time to prepare for one opponent. I think they're going to be really ready, really locked in, and I think they'll have a good game plan and they'll win the game. I, I, I fully have that kind of confidence in Dayball to get these guys in the right situations. And I think Daniel Jones will play good football and continue to play great football throughout the rest of the year. So, yeah, and, and Saquon is going to get involved. I, I feel real good about this team. I really do. They'll beat, they'll beat the Texans. They'll beat them. Just got to make sure they, they don't have any ATV. Um, yeah, that was stupid, but at the end of the day, it, it, no, that's that's a big – I mean, that was stupid, but, you know, the Landon Collins signing, signing helps in that regard. Julian Love's playing really good football, um, really, really good football. They'll be, and they have safeties where they have a little more depth. It does suck. He, Xavier McKinney's a Pro Bowl type guy. It sucks to lose him, but uh, they'll be all right. We'll be all right. Last, really one, right. last one for week 10. Eagles, do they stay undefeated? They play uh, the Commandos. They're going to beat these bums. I mean, they're terrible. They're, Antonio Gibson didn't have a touch in the first quarter, and I was just like, oh, what are we doing over there? They're, they're trying to get rid of Snyder in the middle of the game. I, they, they're not even a real team. They're a joke. It's like it's like a made-up organization. It's not even a real thing. The, the commanders are not even a real thing. They don't command anything. It, 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 I'm sick and tired of talking about them. They suck. The Eagles are gonna blow the doors off of them. And every team in the NFL, they, this they're they're the they're the toilet of the NFC East. We're gonna walk. Everyone will come through and take a dump. Maybe it'll be better if KD, Jay Z, Bezos. We know that's not. You know, I I loved. I, you know. Don't you guys feel some kind of way about the idea of Jay-Z and, and KD aligning with a guy like Bezos? You know? He's going to bring that team to Brooklyn. Watch. <laughs> <laughs> Brooklyn Commandos. Yeah, the Brooklyn Commandos. <laughs> Next topic. And I think they said what Colin Hay is going to get in on it, too. Trying to have a serious conversation as well. <laughs> <laughs> this or that game. This or that. The conversation that 
you know, y'all don't know about, but this conversation was going on for the last couple of days. This or that coach of the year, Brian Dayball or Robert Sala. I want everybody's opinion first. I want everybody else's opinion first. I just want to hear ridiculousness because I don't even know how this is what why we're even having this conversation. It's just it's ridiculous to me. And 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 Miles said something interesting in the chat. He he or in, in our group chat, he was like, um, the Jets have a harder schedule and all that stuff. I'm like, okay, and, and I thought about that. I was like, okay. All right, that's that's a good point. Let's look, let's look at the wins. The Giants have more quality wins than the Jets do. The Giants have more quality wins. Tennessee week one. Um, Ravens as well. Um, who else do we who else do we take care of in, in, on this stretch here? There's, I'm not giving I'm not giving enough credit to, to these guys. There's there's more there's more quality wins. Every team they've beaten has been above 500. By the way, we haven't beaten any slu- some schmucks along the way. Like according to their record, they beat Green Bay. Beating Green Bay in London was ridiculously tough. And add a deficit at that. That you know what I'm saying? And Green Bay wasn't as bad then as they are now. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like they they they've won quality football, they've won quality games against quality opponents throughout all this year. At, at a talent deficit at that, right? Running Drewski out there at wide receiver, running Chris Johnson out there at wide receiver. You know, like and, and they out here winning football games, and we're gonna act sit here and act as if it's even a conversation. When the Jets clearly have more talent everywhere and they've invested, they've they spent free agent money. The Giants haven't spent any free agent money. This, this regime hasn't gotten to spend their, hasn't gotten to really put their their watermark on this team yet because they haven't spent any money. They haven't even had a draft. They've had one draft class. That's it. And a lot of the guys got hurt. We've got a bunch of injuries. I don't even understand how it's a conversation. I I, I think it's disrespectful, quite frankly. I, I, I really do. I, I think it's quite I think it's, it's disrespectful. I think that there's no one close to Dayball in terms of the job he's doing with that team. He's taking a bunch of guys and making them a team, and they're winning every weekend. They're just a bunch of guys. They're just a bunch of guys. Daniel Jones not throwing anybody. And yet they have one of the most efficient offenses in football. They're efficient with their offense. They, they run an efficient offense. It ain't explosive. It's, just, it's efficient. That's a perfect word to describe it. Daniel Jones is one of the most efficient quarterbacks in football. He, he's coached the turnovers out of him while not taking away the aggressiveness. What are we, what, you know, he's brought Saquon's back to life. Saquon's playing great football. All these things are direct impacts of coaching and, and what they've done. And Joe Shane's the executive of the year. I mean, come on, think about what have you, what do you have to work with? Where are your resources? You're giving him credit. You're giving him credit for, for Saquon's offseason and talent. Yeah, I'm giving Joe Shane credit for that because before Joe, because no matter how good Saquon was before, he's running into a brick wall. He's running into an old lineman's ass. So yeah, I'm giving him credit for the hard work. Uh, uh, for the, for say, yeah, I'm giving him credit because you you went out there and got old linemen that can go out there and, and plow holes, and they're doing that. And now Saquon can get through the holes and make plays. Yeah, man, like it, he went out there and signed for new four new four new old linemen this summer with like ten million dollars between all of them, and these guys aren't supposed to be good. And yet, well, here we are at six and two. It's, 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 you know, it's not a magic trick, although it looks like one. It's that these guys have done a great job in terms of building something that makes, that makes them competitive this year while they're clearly in a rebuild. So I don't think it's even close. I don't think there's a coach close. I don't think there's a GM close in terms of what you can, you, in terms of if you can give them that award. I, I don't think it's even a conversation. When you really think about it, like if you, there's no debate to be had here. Look, I- I agree with you. I think I think Brian Dable deserves coach of the year too. But I the only part I disagreed with was when you said it was a, a mile, like it wasn't even close. I mean, come on. We're talking about the Jets and, and how they finished last year and, and look at where they are. They're six and two as well. 
right? And that's a testament to their coaching. That's a testament to the moves that they made and, and who they brought in. And to have all those guys, you know, play together for the first time, really, and, and gel and, and click and, and win these, some of these games that they've won, you got to look at Robert Sala, too. Uh, yeah, look, I, I've said this before. I think what they've done is nice. It's a really great story and everything. I really do. It, it, it is. It's cool, you know. Um, but at the end of the day, if we're really being honest, they have invested far more into that team defensively and offensively than the Giants did. And when you really take that into account, I don't know how you can look at the situations that both of these front offices, both of these coaches were in on both sides and not say the Giants are far and away the more impressive, like are more impressively like just ran this year between coaching and front office. Like just with what you, what we're dealing with this year, I don't, I don't know how you can say that that's not the case and how you can't, and, and by a mile, by, by a mile, because of what they're dealing with. Who are you running out of wide receiver? Who is Marcus Johnson? Who is David Sills the third? Who is that? He played quarterback West Virginia. He's now playing wide receiver for the Giants. It doesn't make sense. And yet they're six and two. They're six and two. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's more than just Saquon. You can make it about Saquon. Saquon's been great. MVP level great. Yes, he's been amazing. But they have found ways to be effective in the passing game, too, with guys that have no business catching patches that passes in the NFL, which is why I make that Drewski joke. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know how we can say that it's even close. When you look at doing more with less, come on now. That's crazy. It's crazy what we're talking about. Are you done? You don't have a case. Where's your case at? State your case. State your case. So this this whole thing goes back like four years. Because who was the coach before this? We, a guy who can't even coach in middle school at this point. Adam Gase. Adam Gase, y'all. I, I can't believe that we even brought him in after what he did in Miami. But that was the past regime. So they hire him. Offense is terrible. Whole team's terrible. They bring Joe Douglas in. He tears this whole team down. Although he had to go through a draft with Adam Gase, which that was the dumbest thing. That's like letting Phil Jackson pick Nitalikina and then him getting fired two weeks later. It was, it made no sense. But these last two drafts, he's knocked it out the park. Free agency. He's found gems all over the place. So I think Joe Douglas deserves respect. I think he's a top five, maybe even top three GM in the NFL for him to be able to turn this whole thing around as fast as he did. I didn't think they'd be where they're at right now. I didn't think, you know, I think I can agree that most of the people on this podcast didn't think we'd be at six and three by the bye week, but here we are. And then you bring in Robert Tyler, who, I mean, those San Francisco teams, those defenses were elite. So he needed to get his guys in here, drafted well, signed some good pieces, and he's coached them up pretty well. So now we have one of the best, if not the best, defense in the league, which it reminds me of the Rex Ryan days. Like now we have a, a, a great defense that now we just need that quarterback to, to step up. And mind you, we had the first three games without Zach. Then we're trying to work him back into the fold. We're not really putting too much on him. So for him to win – games like this to be six and three at this point in the year with you know shoddy QB play you could say there's talent all over the place but if the QB is not playing up to par then most of the times you don't win but they're finding ways to win so 
let, let's end this debate real quick, though, Miles. Let's, this is cute. Let's end this. If I told you before the season started that the Jets, the Jets are going to be six and three, and the Giants be six and two, which one would you be? Which one would you be less surprised about? And, and mind you, it's tape. Because Antonio before the season was definitely talking about the Jets are a dark horse. They could be good. I remember that vividly sitting in his living room. So if I told you that, you would think the Jets would be – the answer is the Jets. You would believe that you would you would be less surprised the Jets were good than the Giants. So nobody, I didn't answer the question. Nobody in their mama believed in Daniel Jones. That's, that's what it comes down to. Okay. But he's proved everybody wrong. So, yeah. Because of coaching. Dayball, yeah, he gets his flowers too. But I'm saying that gap that you you say is a mile long, like we're on the marathon from yesterday, it's not that long. It's it's, it's closer than you think. Because, wow. I mean, if we do win the division, which, I mean, anything can happen. For you guys, you're not going to win the division. I'm sorry, but. I don't expect to. I have, think they're in the playoffs, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. You can make the playoffs. I'm just saying, if we were to come out after finishing in last place, after losing 13 straight division games to all these teams in the division to then come out the next year and then win that division. I think Robert Sala could steal that coach of the year award. Cause this is year two. It's not like he's in fourth year contract year for him. This is like year two of this rebuild with this, this head coach. So it's not like you can't just scoff at him and be like, Oh, I mean, Dable, 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 but you got to give him his credit. You can roll your eyes, but it's the truth. If we if we win the division, he's coach of the year. That's he's it. not going to win coach of the year if he's in the division. He's not. I'm sorry. The Giants make the playoffs. They're going to. He's winning coach. Dable's winning coach of the year. It's it's a far and away thing. Look at the talent disparity between disparity between both teams. When did when did they vote? When did they vote on coach of the year? Probably end of the year, probably the, or or like towards the latter half of the year, like right towards the end. Because I was gonna say, what if what if uh, the Jets? You know, this is crazy to even say. What if the Jets make it to the Super Bowl? Who's coach of the year? But because they vote on that prior. I don't. Well, they, I don't. They vote on it before the playoffs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I agree though. I agree though. If they win the division, which everybody, even though like I said, it was a dark horse to be good. When you look at the mass media nobody picked the Jets to win the division. So if they beat out the Bills, who everybody considers at the beginning, including Vegas, as the Super Bowl favorite, I think that's going to give them the edge. Um, can we keep it a stack, though? Can we, can, we keep, can we keep it a stack, for real? That's not going to happen. Let's, just, let's, let's not lie to the people. Let's not, let's not put fairy tales in people's head. That's not going to happen. You're not beating up Dolphins. The Dolphins have two MVP candidates on their team. It's not happening. Okay, it's not. It's, let's just be honest. Like, can we, let's just be real. All right, like, I'm going to keep it a stack. Like, if that happened, then, hey, man, I, I, I guess I'm going to get a pet unicorn tomorrow. <laughs> All right? Because you're not beating out the Dolphins with two MVP candidates. It's not happening. Who's covering Tyreek? Sauce can't cover Tyreek Hill. There's no one who can cover Tyreek Hill. No one. No. But if you put pressure on Tua, you believe he's going to get it 60 yards downfield? Their line has been playing great. The old line's, the old line's not a problem. Let's not, let's not make up any fake issues for the Dolphins. They have, they're a really well offensively rounded team. They do everything well. They run the ball well. They pass well. There's no quarterback more accurate past the sticks than Tua this year. No one. Come on, son. Like, what are we talking? What is? We, what are we talking about? No. 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 What are we talking about? I believe in my team. 
don't know about you, but great I believe miles. in my squad. Hey, that's great, Miles. That's amazing. That's amazing. I, I you know, like we, we all believe a lot of things. I believe the McRib, the McRib is terrible for you. We all believe a lot of things. Okay, like <laughs> it don't matter what you believe. But I mean, that is what's fact. Okay, what's fact is Dolphins are a better team than the Jets. I'm just keeping it. Come on, let's be real. The Eagles are better than the Giants. I can admit it. The Eagles are better than the Giants. You see, that was that was easy. The Cowboys are better than the Giants. I can admit that. It's easy. But you can't admit the Dolphins are better than the Jets. Give me a break, man. Move on to the next topic, man. Don't make me mad. I'm going to call boozy. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> when they finish in third place behind, you know, the top dogs, then, you know, maybe I'll talk to you about football again. Yeah, all right. <laughs> well, looking at the game, Time to put James back into the game. And Lamar, is at, he's had it with this O-line and them issues. He was just arguing with Stanley. So <laughs> Lamar, <laughs> Deshaun Jackson, the weapon that they brought in, he only played nine snaps. He got a, a hamstring. So I think Lamar is getting fed up. He's had it at this point. Like Y'all not giving me no help. O-line is doing nonsense. This or that, who is more on the hot seat? Josh McDaniels or Cliff? Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, Josh McDaniels his first year, year one. I, he won't get fired after year one. That, I just don't see it. It's a bit aggressive of a move, especially with that roster being as flawed as it is defensively. They're not a very good defensive unit. So I think he'll get a little more time. They had to release their, like, their number one pick, their, their old lineman, Leatherwood. I think it was this year they released him, right, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe that was last year. Maybe I'm getting my time mixed up. But – They've made mistakes, but the, the prior GM left a little bit of a mess. He has an excuse this year. Uh, next year will be a different conversation. Cliff Kingsbury, this is a, a ridiculous fall from a team that was like nine and one last year to be this, to be this bad, to be this soulless, to be this uncompetitive. So I think Cliff Kingsbury is going to be sitting on his nice, his nice, his really nice couch at the end of the year, uh, unemployed. So yeah, you know, I think that's where we're headed. At least he got paid. He got that big contract. Oh, yeah, I've also coached. I got fired. I wouldn't even care. Keep it stack. Like with that kind of money, yeah, they got they want to pay Frank Reich two hundred thousand dollars every single week. You, you can fire me. I'll skip out. The, I'll skip out the facility. I'll, <laughs> I'll skip out the facility facility with my stuff. Like, fine. You can fire me. We talked about this with Ed. Same thing and down at LSU. Same kind of thing. Cardinals got real problems though. Like Kyler Murray don't look on page with anybody. You know he's arguing DeAndre Hopkins on the sideline, arguing with Cliff Kingsbury. Like. Something's up in Carolina uh, with the Cardinals. Arizona, yep. Last one for this or that. MVP. Who is more MVP candidate? Joe Burrow or who? Basketball. Luka <laughs> Doncic or Spider Mitchell? Oh, Mitchell. Spider. Mitchell. Donovan has looked. Donovan has looked absolutely if I was on the if I was a Knicks fan, I'd be on the floor clutching my chest like 24-7 about the fact that we didn't get Donovan Mitchell. It is it is unbelievable that they let that opportunity pass them by. Cause that guy, Donovan, and by the way, I'm like, I am I am probably the biggest Donovan Mitchell supporter on the podcast. I have been, and I've been telling people he's special since his rookie year. I was telling people that that he he has what it takes. I know he was down in the, with playing with the Jazz in a system that wasn't the greatest for him. Um just because they had a guy clogging the paint and Rudy Gobert, but it wasn't a great one. Rudy Gobert clogging the clogging the paint wasn't exactly ideal for you uh, as as a, as a guard uh, that likes to get downhill, get to the basket. They space the floor a little bit better over there. They can play mobile in the perimeter because you can shoot. It's just a better situation. They pick and roll games better. They're better coached. 
Uh, even though Quinn Sanders is a good coach, I, I just like the way they run things better in Cleveland. And they're more talented. So I, I'm going Mitchell. He's making he's the engine that's making that team go. And putting him with Darius Garland's a nightmare. Another guy I should have said, I told, I told Knicks fans they should have had, by the way. It's just a painful existence. Revisionist history. Uh, no, I was, I was saying, it. if I was the GM of the Knicks, should I have Darius Garland right now? Hey, you should have hired me. I should be a GM, bro. Find talent these days. I know how to find talent, bro. Telling you. Kappa Facts game. Tyreek Hill will have the single, the best single season receiver season of all time. Capper Facts. Right now, he has the record for most yards through week nine with 1,104 yards already. He just needs to average 112 yards for the rest of the season to hit the 2,000-yard mark. What's crazy about that, too, is that, that's what Tua missing, what, three games? Yeah. That, that's, that makes it even more impressive. Because it's a matter of throwing the ball. I can go throw him the ball. You know, you know, I'm nice like that. I'll still get him 100 yards. But, um, yeah, I think, I think, he, I think he's going to do it. I, I think he's incredible, yo. There's no one who can cover him. There's no defense for him. There's no zone for him. He's, he's, he just, he's a defense buster. That's what he does. So, yeah, I think he's at the, the greatest single season. And that's going to be a big reason why they, the Dolphins win this division. They're going to take it from, out from everybody's nose because of that kind of production from him and then Jalen Waddle right behind him. They're just too fast at the wide receiver position. That kind of speed is un, it's unparalleled. We've never seen a wide receiving core that fast before. If you really think about it, you got two Olympic track guys running running routes, and there's their season with their routes. They know how to run routes, man. They, they're killing dudes with their routes. Like, it's not like you just have guys who run fast in a straight line. It ain't like that. So it, it's, a, it's a special group. I, I, I think that's the reason why. He'll, he, I, the answer to your question is yes, and I think that's why they'll win the division. Jalen Waddle. Tyreek Hill lead the league in most reception and receptions with 15 plus yards, 30 for Tyreek Hill, 22 for Jalen Waddle. And I would agree this will be the best receiver season, one season that is by anybody, because unlike the Randy Mosses of the world, unlike when you have Chris Carter, Michael Irvin, those big seasons, Marvin Harrison, he's doing this with a limited quarterback. God's accurate, though. God throws the ball. Think, think about it. You talking about, let's look at the season. You talking about that Randy Moss season. He had Tom Brady. Yeah. You talk about Jerry Wright. You talking about Joe Montana, Steve Young's of the world. As as well as two has played this year, we know he's still not in the conversation with the greats. He so might win an MVP award, though. <laughs> Tua might win MVP. It's crazy. The, no, the noise getting louder. He's doing it with Tua. Is he yeah. better than Daniel Jones? Oh, come on, bro. Hey, look. If you gave Daniel Jones Tua with it, with my staff and you gave him Jalen Waddle, we'd have we'd have a similar conversation, I think. I'm, I'm gonna keep it a stack. Any any guy no, rushing guards, no. Vic. But is he better? Tua's better right now, yeah, because of the because of what's around him. For 100, he's better. Just take the right now out of it. Just say he's no. Better. I'm taking it right now because <laughs> I'm, yo, Miles, I'm pretty sure you were playing for the Giants like two weekends ago and you were running routes for us. Like, I'm pretty sure that's what happened. So, yeah, until he gets he gets a better wide receiving core, we can't speak on that. We ain't gonna, we're not going to do that. I'm not going to do saying for the Daniel Jones slander. He's he's earned some respect. So watch it. He's better than your quarterback. Nobody's slandering him. We're just saying who is better. Tua right now is one of the best – it's probably the best, <laughs> one of the best quarterbacks in football. Right now. All right. Right now. Right now, with that style, with that, with right that now, Obama would be the better president than Biden, but 
Kappa <laughs> facts. Justin Fields has figured it out. Nice. Yeah, facts. Uh, I think so, but the next step is to, you know, do a little more in the passing game. But this is how this team is. I th- I, to compare them, I think what Jalen Hurts did last year is similar to what they're, they're doing with him this year. It's not too much in the passing game. He can use his legs out there. I mean, almost 180 rushing yards from a quarterback. That's crazy. I couldn't even do that on Madden. Yeah, no, they're, they're playing to his strengths, right? Nagy didn't play to his strengths last year. And obviously when you got someone as talented as him and as fast as him, the, the way he's built, him being able to run the ball the way he does, you got to play to that. But I, I agree. I think he's he's got to throw the ball more because this isn't going to be sustainable long-term, especially if, if he starts taking some serious hits. Which he has. That's the thing. Yeah. He ain't helping the black quarterback stereotype right now. I'll tell you that right now. What happened? He ain't helping the black quarterback stereotype. Yeah. <laughs> That's another point, too. <laughs> yeah. Running around like that. Last cap of facts. You brought this up, so we got to bring it up. People have mentioned it. Despite the recent success from Russell Westbrook, the Lakers still have to trade him. Cap or facts? Facts. Facts. They still don't trade him because – and any deal they make to get the biggest return they possibly can because this team is so bad. This team is so bad around LeBron and around AD. To get the biggest return they possibly can, they're going to have to deal him because his expiring contract's an asset for any team that picks him up. We all know rebuilding teams love to get expiring deals. Um, so I, I think it's the best – the fastest way to get back to some level of relevancy for the Lakers is to trade Russell Westbrook, no matter how well he's playing. And now the cool thing is – He's, bo- he's boosting a little bit of a trade stock. So you can let him continue to play well, but how long do you let him to continue to play well? It's not his fault you guys are losing, but you guys are losing nonetheless. So you don't have a lot of time to turn this thing around. You really, I think at the 15-game game, the 15 game mark, you got to flip something, make something happen, because they say, the way this team's constructed right now, they may not win 10 games until January. Like, they're that bad, yo. Like, they're that, like, unless Braun starts going crazy, because Braun is playing uninspired basketball right now. And I think it's a big thing about it, too. He doesn't look happy to beat it. He don't look, like, he's never not going to play hard, but it, it's just something's not right. Like, he's just not Braun right now. And then we can talk about the age thing. Look, the guy still looks fast. He's still, like, the, the explosiveness is still there physically. I don't think that's what it is. I just think it's an, uninspi- an uninspired performance from a guy who's like, damn, like, I'm 38. Like, what, how, why am I, what's going on? Like, why is this what's going on around me? Um, and, and sure, you could say, you know, yeah, Brian, you don't get to play, you don't get to play victim. That's that's fine. But at the end of the day, it is what it is, right? This is the situation they're in. So I think this roster is that bad. I mean, you can't have Lonnie Walker taking 20 shots. A game. I can't reiterate that enough. Lonnie Walker cannot take 20 shots a game for an NBA team that is serious about playing basketball. That, that cannot happen. It just it can't. You cannot be force feeding the ball to a door, a former door dash driver. The dude was doing door dash. He, he dropped off my my, my, my chicken sandwich in the summer and now you for you force feeding in the ball in, in critical moments in games that don't make no sense you can't call yourself a serious organization and do stuff like that they need to flip russell westbrook but hey you might get more in return for him now because he's playing well he's doing himself a favor and russ has definitely extended his career he has a chance to play in the nba long term i'm happy for the guy you know it, it, it's a nice story it is a nice story i was hard on him he's playing good better basketball now and, and that's all there is to it it was always only about basketball meeting him so He's he's answered my questions. I think it sucks for him to have to 
now that he's playing better and he wants to actually stay in NLA, he's going to get traded. And just looking at tonight's game, we're going to move to the Kyrie's conversation. Looking at tonight's game, <laughs> Miles turned 37, 12 boards, three blocks, four threes, Buddy Hill, 20 points, and five threes. You got it. You got it. And they're starting winning Gabriel tonight. Yeah, bro. It's got to it's gotta happen. The deal's still there to be had. They're starting Winion Gabriel tonight, and you got Miles Turner, who has the same exact hairstyle as him, 37-12, three, <laughs> and four threes, stretching the defense out. Yeah, man. It's, that's, the, that's, his, that's the appeal. LeBron gets the spacing he needs. Those two guys, it changes everything. You can move Lonnie Walker to the bench, which he's much better suited, much more suited for, right? You keep that. You, it adds, actually makes you a little more, have some depth. Uh, getting guys like that onto the bench and they get a good experience playing early on in the season. They'll be, they'll be right ready for that kind of role. It's you got to make the move. You got to make the move. I'm going to read this quote from Jalen Brown. I don't believe Kyrie Irving is anti-Semitic. The terms for his return, they seem like a lot and a lot of the players express discomfort with the terms. He made a mistake. He posted something. There was no distinction. Is this excessive what Kyrie has to do to get back into the league? Yeah. I think we can all agree it's excessive, but, I mean, he's put this on himself. So it, it always comes down to, you know, what did you do to get here? And, I mean, it's been building up for the last three or four years now with stuff like missed most of last year because he wanted to make a stance, whatever that was, and but being able to play. Now he posts something online, so millions of followers, you know, Twitter's a very big space. Anybody can see what you do if it's retweeted, retweeted by the right person. And that's what happened. A lot of people saw it. A lot of people took offense to it. And then after the fact, he didn't want to apologize right away. He wanted to kind of dance around it. So now any apology that he does put out just doesn't seem that genuine. So, I mean, I really think the Nets are just doing this because they know he's not going to do this. He's not going to do, he might do two of the six things, but he's not going to do all six. Because, yeah, we can agree, it's excessive. It seems like they want to, I mean, clearly they're making an, an example out of him, but it seems like we want them to be like, all right, you're our boy. You do what we say. We're paying you this money. You better act right. Like it's, it, it's not right, but I mean, with Kyrie. What, what's not right? I want you to clarify what's, what's not, not right. right. Huh? What's, what's not right? I want you to clarify what's, right, what's not right, though. About is it the Nets? The Nets aren't right for for laying out these terms. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying, well, yeah. I mean, there's a couple of things on that list where I'm like, okay, five hundred thousand dollars is crazy. Five hundred thousand, yeah. Um, but they want him to meet with the leaders and go through anti-Semitic training. I'm like, I don't think he he needs that. This is not what he. He didn't do anything to to warrant having to go through this type of training. I get it. He posted something. 
he made a mistake. He he makes a lot of mistakes. So you got to right. take it with a grain of salt. But for them to make him do that, now it's like he's not a Nazi. He's not out here, you know, one arm in the air doing something like that before he gets on the court during the national anthem. So it's like, come on now. They just don't want him to play on this team. Like, they're fed up. This is one of those things where they put this out knowing that he's not going to do any of this stuff. And that's that. Like, he, they might have to release him and, and eat that money. I just saw, too, Jalen Brown said he expects the NBA PA to appeal the suspension from Brooklyn. So he might and might not be all six of these things. But I agree. I think the Nets set it up this way on purpose. Like, we saw how stubborn you were. We know that you want to double down, triple down, quadruple down. I think the Nets inherently know Kyrie ain't going to do all six of these things. Yeah, so, and then they want him to come back to Joe Psy and, you know. Tell, tell me what you show, learned, Kyrie. Show, show his understanding. Show, oh, me, show me you understand what yeah. I want you to do and how I want you to act as a Brooklyn Net. Are you, are you a good boy now? Okay. That's crazy, yeah. Now, now I give you permission to play again. Okay. Okay, Chris, you have any thoughts to add? Before I, I, I agree with everything. Go, go ahead. I agree with everything Miles said. I, I, I think the $500,000 is excessive. I think Kyrie's not going to do all these, these things, and his track record shows that, that he's stubborn. So I, I got nothing else to add, man. My Miles hit the nail on the head. It, it from, look, everyone's looking at this from a perspective of Kyrie from the outside looking in because there aren't many Nets fans out there. So if you're, if you're a fan of this team, you feel a lot different about this and a lot stronger about this than you do as someone who's just a spectator watching from the outside looking in. This is way deeper than just some post about, a, about an anti-Semitic movie. This is about a long track record of a guy who does not give a damn about anybody besides himself, okay? From the, from the second he signed with the Nets, that year one when he missed a bunch of games because he was hurt, apparently he could have came back sooner. It's been reported in numerous places. He could have came back sooner. He chose not to. He told people, I didn't come here to play with anybody besides Kevin Durant. If Kevin Durant's not playing, I'm not playing. He has consistently made decisions for himself. He took the, not the following year when Kevin Durant was back and they made the trade for James Harden. He chose to take a 20-game absence in which he was spotted partying and all that stuff in the middle of COVID, not with no mask. And he was anti-vax. So he wasn't going to get back. Now, the vaccine wasn't out, but he ultimately – from that point on, became, was took an anti-vax stance, missed more games after that. Kyrie, there's a long timeline of him making choices that only benefit Kyrie Irving and does not take anybody into account besides himself. Yet he, like he, yet he postures himself and acts like he's a voice for the voiceless and he's this beacon of light and all this nonsense he be talking about. At the end of the day, bro, if you want to make it simple, as a basketball player, he's been, it, it's been a nightmare. He has not been an asset for the Nets. We're all and and look, people don't like being talked about. Black people especially don't like being talked about like this way in a very transactional way because there's a long history to that. And I, I get that. No one's more aware of that than I am. But the reality is, we all play this game. We all have jobs, and we all have to be assets to our companies, or else we get fired and have no job, and we out here living on these streets. Bottom line, you know what I'm saying? So, if any of us were as insubordinate as Kyrie's been as since he's gotten to the Nets, it would be the same thing. The only thing that saves Kyrie is he's super talented. He gets away with murder. All right, like Myers Leonard said one word on a stream and he's out the league. 
Kyrie posted the anti-Semitic film, did not apologize about it, doubled down, got aggressive with the media, didn't take his boss's calls after he posted it. You know what I'm saying? Like, didn't take his calls. You're not, you're not taking your boss's call, my guy? Like, any of us not doing that? Like, what are we talking about? You think you're above that? You think you're above the power structure in play? You're not. You're not. And you're not standing on nothing. It, 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 it's all for nothing. You didn't even watch the movie, bro. He didn't even watch the movie. C.D. McCollum came out and said it. Me and Tone were talking about it. C.D. McCollum said he didn't even come out and watch the movie. So when I, when I, when you factor in everything I just said, how, what else am I supposed to think about Kyrie Irving? You know what I'm saying? Besides the fact that he's just an idiot. Like what? You can't, you can't be a smart person and do everything you've done. He's he's self-destructive. He's completely. And then look, you're gonna have people coming at me in the comments when you post these clips, yo. Honestly, if I if I would say I would I would say what I really want to say, but we can't curse in this podcast, so I'm I'm gonna be respectful. But get the yeah, you you guys don't know me. <laughs> That's the thing, y'all don't know me. A lot of y'all really don't know me. I don't know what I stand on. Like at the end of the day, Kyrie's a clown. Kyrie's a clown who deserves everything that's happening to him right now. The Nets are right to lay out these six steps for him to take because yes, it's excessive. Uh, absolutely. Yes, it feels like go get it, N word boy, go get it. Like it feels like that. It reeks of that, right? Oh, of course, of course, we can play that game, but we're not going to pull race into it. You know why? Because Kyrie's brought the Nets to this point. He put himself here. It wasn't, the Nets didn't do this to him. You know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't like this is un, uh, like it, it's unsubstantiated. Like it's coming from nowhere. He put himself in this position. The Nets are only doing this because they want, they want to rid themselves of, of this, of this situation. They want to rid themselves of Kyrie Irving. The, the marriage has gone left. It, it went left the second he signed here. And he's the hometown kid. He, he didn't play. He didn't do right by the Nets. So, look, I, I'm not the one to take the side of the organization and the big the big entity over the player, especially a black person. But I'm not going to make it about race. We're not going we're not going to play that game because Kyrie put himself in, these, in this position. It's no one else's fault but his own. If he did, if he was someone who played or if it was someone who just was remotely respectful to the organization since he got here. We wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be in this situation. It was, he didn't have to play this this way. We didn't have to go down this way. You know what I'm saying? You could have sat out and not gotten vaccinated. But if the year before that, you didn't take that, that, that random break for 20 games, then maybe we don't feel differently about the anti-vaccine stance. Don't, don't you think? Maybe we don't look at it the same way. Maybe in year one, if you played more games when you were healthy and when you were choosing not to play, right? Maybe we feel differently about the anti-vaccine sense not playing for that season. Maybe we feel different about the anti-Semitic post. We feel different. Seriously. The reason why we feel the way we feel about this, anti- the reason why it's all coming down on him now, why Nike pulled out, why, why the media is on his behind right now, is because he constantly puts himself in these self-destructive positions. It's, but that's what he does. It's him. It's no one else's fault. It's not mine. I'm coming down on him on the podcast. It's not my fault. I'm just telling y'all what it is. And as a Nets fan, it's infuriating. It's, it's like, it, I can't enjoy basketball. I, I, I love watching this team play. They play hard. They, 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 they were a joy to watch before he got here. We had something special. He came here. We all thought it was going to be, we're going, we're going to the roof here. It's, it's taking off. We're going to blow the roof off this thing and win a championship. And he, it's been a nightmare since he got here. I can't w- enjoy watching basketball. And as someone who coaches basketball, loves basketball, breathes basketball, eats, it makes me sick. It makes me sick. The, the Nets are 500 when K, KD and Kyrie play basketball together. When, Ky, when KD plays by himself and K, Kyrie's not here, the Nets are 20 games over, 20 games over. They're 33 and like 12 without him. They're a damn good basketball team, almost elite without him. What does that say? He's toxic. I don't care how much his teammates like him. He's cool, whatever. I don't give a damn. 
you don't help me win games and you're a pain in my ass. You can leave. It's, I think it's fair, no? I think it's just a fair thing over here, sweating, bro. Like, it's be that mad. Like, what are we talking about? When talking about this unfair. When it comes to Kyrie, the thing is, when you look across all facets of sport, you look at the Antonio Brown situation. That let it, that was able to rock as long as it was able to rock because he was still producing. Mm. Something coming from it. You just put out the stat. They're legit <laughs> above and beyond better when Kyrie isn't playing. And the thing is, when, it, when you talk about Kyrie, I think what goes into this situation, it is excessive. But I think they're factoring the reputation going all the way from once he came into the league to this point. There really hasn't been any winning when Kyrie is the focal point or is dependent on to be Batman, Robin, whatever role you want to have him as outside of LeBron getting that championship. Kyrie doesn't win. It's great. It's exciting. You're going to, ooh, ah, ooh, ah. But it doesn't translate into winning basketball. And when that doesn't happen, as much as I think is excessive, when you're not doing your job, when you look at real life, all of us have jobs. We know we get away with a little bit more stuff when we excel. Oh, you do it. Oh, you selling? You hitting all your numbers? You could come in late. You you could you could you could have an hour lunch when you're supposed to do a half an hour because you're performing. You're doing above and beyond, and your boss is gonna be like, "All right, what can I say? You bringing money into the company? What can I say, Kyrie? We're winning with you. You can't say that. Like, what are we talking about? Like, the production ain't there. He's not even existing. He's even he doesn't even come to work, and he doesn't even do it. And he spits in your face while not doing. It. He spits in your face while he doesn't do it. That's what makes me mad about it. It's, you know, he's disrespectful to it's disrespectful to the fan base. Like it's disrespectful to everyone who has any kind of stake in what and then what the Nets are trying to do. Anyone who cares about the Nets would is furious with Kyrie Irving. Why would I be happy with this guy? And why would I defend him? It, this is not no racism thing. It ain't none of that. I ain't calling the NAACP. I ain't calling Al Sharpton, bro. No, he he he's brought this on himself. I like I'm not defending that guy. This, this, this fake jersey loyalty bullshit that y'all be on in the comments and all that. It's nonsense. Give me a break. You guy's a clown. Ain't nobody want to sign to a long-term deal. The Lakers didn't want to sign to a long-term deal. The Lakers, they had Russell Westbrook paying like garbage. Like garbage, bro. And they didn't want to sign to a long-term deal. And you talking to me about, oh, Kyrie this, Kyrie that. He's going to give, give me a break, bro. The Lakers didn't even want to sign, dude. And they had a, they had a point guard who, who was playing like he was blind last year. They had a point guard playing like he was in the Special Olympics last year. Playing terrible. And they, didn't want, they didn't want to sign to a long-term deal. Are you kidding me? And it's, it's about the Nets and about the, the, the requirements and them saying, go, go get it. Go, 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 go fetch black boy. Go fetch. Give me a break, man. Making it about race. That's a joke. That's a joke, bro. Clearly the NBA agrees with me. And you know what I'm saying? Like proof in the pudding. Before we close out, do we, for the rest of this Nets team, is this a situation where they just need to blow it up? We talked about it. We hinted at it. Should it, should they just trade Kevin Durant? Everything. Just get rid of everybody. Pack up. Go back to Jersey. I think this has been a long plot of Kyrie's. It's like ever since Jay-Z did what he did and brought them to Brooklyn, he's like, you know what? I got to destroy this team by any means possible. 
And four years later, he did it. He broke this. This was the straw that broke the camel's back. He was like, you know what? Maybe I won't play next year. He doesn't. Maybe I'll send this tweet out. <laughs> he did it. This is what he does. He's, he destroys teams like that Boston team somehow survived because they just rid their hands of Kyrie Irving and they're better for it. Maybe Brooklyn needs to do the same thing. Not needs to, they have to, because I don't want to watch the Nets. Not even, not even for like any bias, like Knicks, Nets, BS. It's like when he's playing, I'm like, this is not what it should be like. Like this team, it feels like it's too talented to be losing these games to like the Jazz, even though they're playing well. I'm like, eh. you got Kyrie, you got KD, you got, you know, Ben Simmons, although he's not much of a baller right now. But this this team, they just got to get rid of everybody. Start over. Maybe, you know, Kenny Atkinson. This is why he turned down that job in Charlotte. He was like, you know what? I know what Kyrie's doing. He wants me to come back in some sense to coach this team because they haven't been, been really good since Kenny Atkinson was there. Like, they've been coasting because they're more talented than most of these teams, but it hasn't been good basketball. Like, defensively, they haven't been that good since they ha they've had these two. So, I mean, all jokes aside, blow it up. Kyrie Irving is who he is. Kevin Durant wasn't built to, you know, bring book Brooklyn back. I mean, it is what it is. Hey, you trolling, but knowing how sometimes they might be working, that really could have been his plan. I'm going to piss off the Jewish community where it is heavy in Brooklyn and hopes that it forces them to go to New Jersey. He could have been doing that. That that actually is some validity that possibly he was trying to do. Close out the show. That would insinuate intelligence. And what I'll also say about this is you don't trade Kevin Durant unless you request a trade because they're playing really well without Kyrie Irving. They're 33 and 12 without Kyrie Irving. They're playing good basketball. They've won two in a row on the back-to-back, -back and they're playing Dallas really tough right now, right? Like without Ben being any without any contribution from Ben Simmons. So you hold on to this thing, you try to be competitive, you don't have your own picks as long as you possibly can until he requests a trade, if he does. He, he seems like playing with these guys right now. That's all I'm going to say. Get rid of Kyrie, though. Get him the hell out of here. Let's see it. Last thing, one of our followers asked, which is the best team that never won a chip? I'm going to switch it up to this. There's 11 NBA teams that, not, that have not won a championship. Which of these teams do you think is most likely to get a championship in the next five-year window? The Nets, Nuggets, Suns, Hornets, Pacers, T-Wolves, Pelicans, Magic, Jazz, Grizzlies, or the Clippers? Hold up. Run those teams back again. Nets, mm -hmm. Nuggets, the Suns, the Hornets, Pacers, Timberwolves, the Pelicans, the Magic, the Jazz, the Grizzlies, and the Clippers. I mean, I could see the Grizzlies making a run at it. They got Ja. They got all this young talent. I feel like they're so close. Like, they're so close to really breaking the seal and 
that side of the conference. That, I mean, Ja is box office. We know what we're going to get from him. They got Desmond Bain, who, I mean, he could be one of those young up-and-coming all-stars that you see in this league, those shooting guards that, you know, it's a two-way guard. I mean, this team's doing what they're doing without Jaron Jackson, too. That's another piece they don't have for another month or two. So in the long run, I mean, they were, what, the two seed last year, right? Just going yeah. off the straight view yeah. pretty much. I mean, just imagine if they can include some, some guys who, who've been there before. That's what they need, really. Like, this is a young group. This is such a young team to be as good as they are. They're just hungry. And you need someone else, like a vet, in there to kind of, you know, bridge that gap. But that would be my pick. I think John Morant, I could see him running the, the Western Conference for the next, like, five, ten years. I mean, he's already probably the best point guard in that conference. You listen to Pelicans on this on this list, right? I was about to say, I'm, I'm yeah, I pick the Pelicans. <laughs> I pick the Pelicans, bro. Um, it, what needs to be said? They got so much talent, and they have so many trade chips for a big trade, right down the line. A potential KD trade should that happen, right? They've got they've got the pieces. They got the pieces to be serious and run the West for a long time. Um, and and if they stay as is, Bi and, and all them dudes, they're special already. So I, look, man, that team is serious. We we've talked about them at nauseum on this podcast. I I, I don't see how we can uh, we can ignore them in this conversation. Not that Miles is. I think the Grizzlies are a very good team. Um, and there's a real argument for them because Josh special, but. You have so many different special pieces on the, on the Pelicans. I think that they're the team that really has a chance um, to make some noise and win a championship eventually, but should things break their way. And it, the beautiful thing about them is not much has to go their way for them to win because they're just that good. Hey, we don't close out. This Lega squad looking like a typical Russ, Russell Westbrook squad. There's really look, they, they're in a game with the Jazz and he's playing, he's get to play his game. So, I don't know. Maybe you get rid of AD instead. <laughs> I mean, you saw, I don't know. I, I don't know how credible Bill Simmons is when it comes to breaking news and all that stuff, but he said AD could be available in trade. And when I saw that and I saw who wrote it, I'm like, yeah, okay. I need to see someone else more credible yeah. <laughs> to be able to listen to this because I don't. Bill Simmons, the one that, uh, Brought up the trade for Josh Allen for um not Josh Allen Aaron Rodgers for Zach Wilson and two first rounders. So, well, yeah, he's a joke at this it's, point. It's it's Bill Simmons. I saw that too, and I was like, uh, I'll wait till I see somebody else more credible say it. I think he should be available though. He's not wrong though. If if it was the case of trading somebody, I feel like you could get the most from an AD trade while still keeping LeBron and trying to build around that. Cause I mean, this Westbrook trade, you can get Miles Turner and Buddy Heald coupled with those first round picks. Right. That's with keeping AD. So imagine what, what you can get for AD and what you can build around this team. Maybe you know, Pelicans will give you back BI and some, some of these pieces that. That ain't. Up. David Griffin ain't stupid. He ain't taking AD. Back there, I think 
They get him on it. The Bulls are a sneaky team you could trade with for. Oh yeah, send him back home. He want to go back to Chicago anyway. He be you could do with the old He be flirting with Chicago all the time. Send him back to the. Send him back over there. Yeah, give me Demar and Caruso, and then I'll. I like that trade. Trade AD. Give me Demar. Give me Caruso, and then the same thing that all the other teams are looking forward to when you get Russ is that it's an expiring contract. Let Russ just play off the rest of the year off the bench and do it like that. And the contract expires too if he stays in LA. I think you get more for AD. And the whole big thing with the Lakers front office, they don't want to give up the first round picks. If you trade AD, you don't have to give up the picks. Yep. That's what I think they should do, honestly speaking, since it's obvious they're not, they're not giving up the first round picks, which is why Miles Turner is still in a, a Pacers jersey. You don't think they got to give up at all? I think they'll give him up. I just think they're trying to be as patient as possible with this, you know, and and get the maximum return for those pictures. This is the last assets they have, and they probably don't want to trade AD. So they'd see it as their last assets, and they don't want to make a hasty deal. They want to get the most they possibly can. They're trying to maximize return for those picks because it's the you know, I, I think that's kind of the, the the logic the Lakers are using there. But I think they're going to give him up because they have. It, there's no way LeBron to be signed without them promising to give those picks up. They he they had to promise. No way he did. No way. Right? Uh, I don't know what the page is for. I don't know if they think Jesus is coming back and helping reconstruct this team, but unless Jesus come down from heaven, y'all need to, y'all need to speed this up. If you stay ready, you don't got to get ready. Bitch, my TV out. Peace. Peace.